It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, it is draft week. But before we can talk about the drafts of the Raptors present, we have to talk about the drafts of Raptors past. It's a fun episode today as it is the draft pick draft. Myself and Vivek Jacob going to go through and assemble five-man rosters of the best draft picks ever made by the Toronto Raptors in fantasy draft form. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 11 oh god 1198 that's what it is 1198 of locked on raptors for monday june the 21st i'm your host sean woodley of raptorshq.com you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors where you can find links to every episode of the podcast you can also go and subscribe follow rate review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps for the low low price of on the house and you can go to youtube and hit the big red subscribe button over there and support the show in video form and see my face every single day and you get to see the get the face of my guest every monday thereabouts who's a much handsomer face than mine uh we'll get to the handsome guest in just a second but a reminder that uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at bet online bet online has you covered with more uh, this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts and as always a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show the nba draft is coming up on thursday the raptors have the 33rd pick which is mildly interesting but Honestly, it's not like the most thrilling thing in the world, especially a year removed from having the fourth overall pick along with two second rounders to boot. And so we'll still talk draft this week. We'll still talk about pick 33. We've got Sam Ferris from Locked on NBA Big Board coming on on Wednesday to tee up the draft from the Raptors perspective, talk about some more guys at 33. But we thought today we could have some fun and take a look back at the Raptors drafts of old with our handsome guest, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, how are you, pal? I'm doing well. It's been a fun weekend. A lot of celebrations going on. Got a chance to see you too. So, yeah. uh, And now we're back at it. Yes. uh, It was my bachelor party over the weekend. We did meet up at Spin, the ping pong bar. Uh, You're very good at ping pong, by the way. For the people out there, you want to peek behind the curtain. Big V, extremely good at ping pong. We all have that one friend who thinks they're really good at ping pong. I have that one friend as well. And then that one friend got summarily smacked by Vivek like four times playing ping pong. And it was very satisfying to me to see that one (laughs) friend get destroyed. Uh, So, yeah, it was lovely to see you. I am rested and recuperated after a day of doing absolutely nothing yesterday. And I'm ready to dive on in now to the Raptors draft pick draft. 
How this is going to work, V, is we are going to flip a coaster. I don't have a coin, but I have a Hamilton Tiger Cats coaster, so I'm going to flip that. And whoever uh, wins it will get to choose whether they go first or second. We'll just go back and forth through the draft. Five rounds, five picks each of the best draft picks ever made by your Toronto Raptors. Should be a pretty fun and interesting one. Lots of strategy at play here as you build your roster. Uh, so let's get to it, shall we? Do you have any questions before we begin, Big V? Anything you cleared up, or should we just flip this damn coaster? No, you cleared it up for me yesterday, so we're good to go. Fantastic. So we have on one side the Hamilton Tiger Cats logo and Hamilton Proud, uh, kind of a lame coaster. And then it's a blank side on the other end as well. So uh, <laughs> you want uh, heads or tails? Heads will be the Hamilton side. Uh, tails will be the blank side. What you want? Tails. All right. We'll flip it. It landed under my desk, and it's heads underneath the desk. I'm not lying. I can see it. I can take a picture if you wanted to. Sure, I'm not going to reach no, under my desk to grab this because I don't feel like getting a concussion on the podcast. So I have the right to choose first or second, and I'm going to go first. I want the first pick in the Raptors draft pick draft. We'll go and make our picks, and we'll chat about them as we go through. And for me, the first overall pick in the Raptors draft pick draft has to be the 27th pick in the 2016 NBA draft. I'm going Pascal Siakam, baby. 27th, you had Scalabissier and Deontay Davis there as like the sort of known projected lottery commodities who were expected to be picked in that spot. Lots of people upset when the Raptors did not take one of those two guys at 27. And of course, uh, those upset people, myself included, have been proven extremely wrong as Pascal Siakam has gone on to do many great things. 400 career NBA games. He, of course, has won an NBA title. He's won a most improved player. He's a two-time All-NBA player. He started an All-Star game. And uh, he's averaged nearly 16 points a game over the course of his 400 career games. Very good basketball player, as it turns out. Big V, my question to you is, was he your first pick in this draft had you gotten first overall? He would have been my first pick. There you I go. Think, there uh, you go. <laughs> that's a great pick. I think that's the right pick. And mm. you are off to a good start. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear it. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Pascal and that sort of draft and the way things have kind of gone since he was taken, of course. Like... I know. I mean, we've we've kind of talked over blue in the face about it, right? And how like the development arc that he's on has been so uh, unique and so specific to him that it's really tough to you know draw any comparisons. But it does seem like he's the guy that everyone wants to draw comparisons to. And with the Raptors picking thirty third this week, this kind of feels like an interesting guy to talk about. Do you feel like? Since the Siakam pick, maybe the conversation about what the Raptors draft acumen is like has maybe been kind of warped a little bit to sort of people assuming, well, they're just going to get a Pascal Siakam there, even though they haven't gotten a Pascal Siakam in that range of the draft since then. And, you know, th that's not exactly a thing that most teams are landing when they get into the mid to late 20s in the draft or into the 30s or whatever it might be. Do you think the Siakam pick has in any way broken the brains of Toronto Raptors fans who look at the draft as a potential source of very good players such as Pascal Siakam? Um, yes and no. Yeah. Yes, in the sense that, you know, the things that you said in terms of the expectations and all of that, no, because you had people completely wiling out after picking Scotty Barnes. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that level of trust isn't there um mm -hmm. and so uh yeah i think the raptors are viewed as one of those uh really good developmental organizations one of a few uh and so the expectation is that whoever gets picked by the raptors is going to have 
uh, you know, that development arc that will make them either a very good contributor or mm -hmm. a star. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, is if you look back at the Raptors draft pick history since then, uh, you know, OG, we don't want to spoil picks or anything like that. We know where OG was picked. But other than that, you know, it's not exactly like they found diamonds in the rough, right? You know, 59th picks back-to-back -back years, DeJuan Hernandez, Jalen Harris, I don't think either of them are getting picked in this draft. Um, and, you know, Malachi Flynn, of course, has not really panned out at 29 either. And maybe that's the pick to kind of, uh, you know dampen some of the feelings of the Raptors being able to do no bad when they drafted this this part of the draft. It's hard, man. It's a crapshoot. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Either way, it is your turn now. You're on the clock, Big V, for your very first pick in the Toronto Raptors draft pick draft. Who you got? I am going to go with the ninth pick in the 2009 NBA draft. DeMar DeRozan, I think he represents everything that has gone right with this franchise uh, in the We the North era. Um, and you talk about that developmental arc. That's where you saw, you know, a guy just consistently put in the work every summer and come back a better player. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also ties in with the most important transaction, arguably, that the Raptors have done in trading <laughs> for uh, Kawhi Leonard uh -huh. uh, and getting to uh, that championship. And so... I think there's a lot of things that can be tied to DeMar DeRozan in everything that has gone right for the Raptors in uh, nearly the past decade. And mm -hmm. so I am taking him as my top pick. It's also worth noting that he was like the last really good player taken in that draft, at least in the first round. I'm not going to go scroll through the entire second round to see who pops here. But you look at DeMar at 9, then you go Brandon Jennings 10, had a moment but not really much in terms of uh, staying power. Terrence Williams 11, Gerald Henderson 12, who was amazing if only he had played against the Raptors in every game of his career. Uh, otherwise, pretty average career. You got Tyler Hansrose, Psycho T, you got Earl Clark, Austin Day, James Johnson, Drew Holiday at 17 is like the next really good player to get taken. And I would still probably take on balance DeMar's career over Drew Holiday's career. That's a pretty interesting one considering the different skills and things that they're each good at. Um, you got Ty Lawson who made an all-star game. Jeff Teak who <laughs> made an all-star game. That's so funny. Uh, you get Eric Maynard, Darren Collison, Victor Claver, Omri Caspi, Byron Mullins, Rodrigue Beaubois, Taj Gibson, Damari Carroll. Like, yeah, th they did pretty darn good in this draft getting DeMar DeRozan at nine because the drop-off seemed rather precipitous after that one so very good pick here demar Rosen is the second pick in the raptors draft pick draft we are going to continue on here big v and get to more picks in the draft was but before we do that oh sorry i just shut you off to do an ad read what did you just say was he your second pick uh yeah he was probably going to be there um but i don't want to spoil too much because i might have gone a different way we'll get to that in just a second here um we are going to tell you however about our friends over at betonline.net your number one source for all of your betting needs and info but find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nhl playoffs and major league baseball bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting esports and scores it helps you be the informed wagerer it gives you all the info you might need on injuries trends whatever it might be to help you make the informed bet. I could have used this on Saturday. I downloaded a gambling app on Saturday. It was my bachelor party, and I said, hey, well, we're going to you know, bet on this Blue Jays game that I'm watching here uh, from the hotel that I had my party at. And I lost like 60 bucks betting on the Blue Jays in the game they lost to the stupid Yankees 4-2. to 
nothing, thinking they were always going to come back and never quite did. And if I was smart and maybe informed because of bet online, I might have gone ahead and bet on the Yankees to win that game or to win the fifth inning or whatever it might have been. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf, too. Head to the website today. You will use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we continue on here with the Toronto Raptors draft pick draft. The greatest draft picks in Toronto Raptors history. With my next pick... You know, I felt confident with what I was going to do with my next pick when we last spoke three minutes ago before the break, or a minute ago before the break. Now I'm second-guessing myself, V, and it's not a good feeling. I think I'm going to go the fourth overall pick in the 2003 NBA draft. Your boy, Chris Bosh. I know we've talked at length about Chris Bosh very recently on this podcast in the Bosh Siakam comparison episode. But how can you go wrong taking a guy who makes five all-star teams with you and is one of your leading scorers in franchise history, one of the five or six best players you've ever had? Um, yeah, it didn't end super well. Don't think that was Chris Bosh's fault. That was the one thing that they did right during this window of Toronto Raptors drafting. This, of course, precedes Hafa Rujo the following year, Joey Graham two years after that. Uh, year before, they took Kareem Rush and then traded him to the Lakers. <laughs> and so they did not have themselves a very good run. Chris Bosh is the one beacon of hope and light during what was one of the worst decades of drafting I could really probably ever imagine a team having. Uh, so I'm going Chris Bosh, even if maybe there's a couple of really good ones left on the board. Let's see you do that. I know you're a Chris Bosh head. I think it's a very good pick. I kind of uh, had him a little bit lower. Sure, but sure. I, I think it's a, a very good pick. I love everything that Chris Bosch brought to the franchise. Again, uh, right player, uh, wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think in terms of being that placeholder uh, and sort of bridging two different iterations of uh, good times for the Raptors, uh, he was that lone bright spot um, for many who watched during that time. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, man. Uh, you know, you picked Pascal first overall, Pascal, in terms of just the resume, you know, uh, he's probably just a couple seasons away from being, uh, the greatest Raptor ever drafted. Yep. That's <laughs> <And> wild. So... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in terms of the guys he has to pass, it's, you know, Bosch, Vince, DeMar. Um, and you know, 
Well, and that's the thing. Vince doesn't even technically qualify because he wasn't drafted. This is true. <laughs> this is true. A wrinkle thrown into the works. Uh, let's go then to your second pick in the Raptors draft pick draft. Big V. Who do you have? I was convinced you were going to take Chris Bosch. So I am very curious to see who you got next. Uh, yeah. So I am going with uh, a bit of a technicality here. <clears throat> okay. I am going to go. Uh, with Anton Jameson fourth. All right, uh, all right. Traded, I like it. Uh, and being traded for Vince Carter. Um, you know, it wasn't like Jameson spent any time with the team. It was a draft day trade. So mm -hmm. that was always <clears throat> what was going to happen with that pick. And so uh, you look at what everything Vince Carter has meant to this franchise. You look at um, the fact that Vancouver doesn't have a team anymore. And you think about, you know, the way things might have gone. Uh, without, say, a Vince Carter. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's, you know, been a pivotal part of the franchise. And you just look at basketball as a whole in Canada. Um, there's a lot to appreciate about Vince. Again, some, uh, you know, things went horribly wrong uh, to, to end. Mm -hmm. But I think we can all look back and say that it was uh, pretty much an overwhelming positive on the whole. Couldn't agree more. And I think it's uh, another sort of sneaky little bonus. It's not like it matters necessarily to the on-court history of this pick, but you did get the very fun draft day trade picture between Vince and Anton Jameson up on the, the podium, which you don't really get anymore because they're stupidly secretive about the trades. And it's like, oh, he, he's been drafted by this team. We all know he's going to this team in three hours, but we have to continue the illusion that this guy is going to play for the Clippers when in <laughs> fact he's been dealt to the Mavs or something like that. Uh, so that's a, a a nice little sort of uh, nugget of NBA history in that photo. And the other thing, too, is that they didn't have to really trade much to get Vince Carter in exchange for Anton Jameson. It was just Jameson as the fourth pick for the fifth pick, Vince Carter, and also the Raptors sent a little bit of cash uh, over to the Warriors as well. Wait, Raptors sent the pick to the Golden State Warriors for Vince Carter. So the Raptors got cash. I'm reading this wrong here on Basketball Reference. Yeah. The Raptors received cash from the Warriors to trade down a spot, which uh, clearly has something to do with rookie scale or something back in 1998. I don't know, but it clearly is the Warriors being dumb before they got smart. So that's nice. Very happy. How do you think things go if Anton Jameson just stays on the Raptors and they don't get Vince Carter? It probably gets uh, pretty dark pretty quick there in the early odds. Anton Jameson wasn't a bad player necessarily, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... You don't, you don't love the Anton Jameson floater game? <laughs> you know what? There's something, uh, you know, special and, uh, you know, in, intriguing about it, I suppose. But no, I'm good. I'm all No, it, it's no Vince Carter, <laughs> right? Like, no. what Vince did right from the time he got drafted as a rookie yeah. um, to build that type of excitement uh, for a fan base that needed it, um, that's something that Anton Jameson wasn't going to bring to the table, right? He, mm -hmm. he was a nice player, a really nice player. But in terms of, captivating the imagination of the fans that's not what you look for anton jameson to do so 100 100 so we're through two rounds uh i've got pascal chris bosh you've got anton jameson and demar Derozan. i will now go with my third selection and man this is already getting really hard this is gonna get dark by the end i think because yeah this is not a thing the raptors have done terribly well um 
I guess I can just kind of go and say, screw it. I'm going to go with their most recent first first round pick. I'm going Scotty Barnes, baby. He won rookie of the year. He's better than everybody thought. Jalen Suggs and the guys taken after him did not look so hot this season. Look, would Jalen Suggs have probably looked a little bit better with the Raptors than he did on that Magic team? Maybe, probably. But Scotty Barnes kind of uh, exploded and blew all expectations out of the water. He seems to have kind of changed the trajectory for this team and their potential win curve. That's some big stuff in just 74 career games played. Uh, already a 1.9 value over replacement player as well, which is more than, oh, let's see, some point, more than Andrea Bargnani had in his entire Raptors career at 1.5. So, yeah, it's early for sure, but I think projecting forward, I'm pretty darn happy to have Scotty Barnes as my third pick in this draft. Was he on your list to go soon there, Big V? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. Um, Special player, obviously the main reason he's below those other guys that have already gone is because he only has one year in the books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can't predict the future in terms of what will happen to him. And so for that reason, I think you have to put them put him below those guys. But uh, yeah, in terms of what's left, I think uh, he's probably the best of the bunch. And, uh, you know, I think you have to weigh what everyone was thinking coming into this draft yeah. And the Raptors being able to stick with their guns and say, no, we genuinely believe that this is a special player. We don't care what pe other people think. We don't care what the reaction is going to be. Mm -hmm. And now you see uh, that they have a generational talent on their hands. And so uh, I think that that is a great, great pick. Yeah, uh, as much as I'm sure there will be some people out there being like, they should have taken Herb Jones. Uh, that would be wrong. <laughs> And Scotty looks like he's going to be an absolute win of a pick at number four for the Raptors. All right. Getting lean now, V. Where are you going with your third pick? What is the third best, I guess the sixth best Raptors draft pick in your mind? Uh, so because we're at that stage where it gets interesting, uh -huh. um, I'm going to throw a spanner into the works. I am okay. going with Bruno Caboclo. explain yourself please what <laughs> this is an important pick in raptors history because of everything that stemmed from it okay i'm with you carry on they swung for the front fences with bruno and it went wrong okay it was absolutely it did not patent out the way they hoped which was they hoped that they were picking another Giannis, right yes. but what they learned from it First off, they learned that they did not give him an environment to grow because right. they did not have a structure for development in place at home. Yeah. And so you got the Raptors 905 out of that almost immediately. Right. And so that is the biggest thing about this pick. You get the Raptors 905 and you get development in place. You're playing games uh, at what was the Hershey Center um a short drive away uh, and everything that has come out because of that whether it's uh the g league championship whether it's the opportunity for guys like norman powell and fred van vliet and pascal siakam to all go there and get better and mm -hmm. more players in the future who will continue to go there and get better those opportunities even when you look at uh you know from a coaching perspective the people that have gone there taken that opportunity and grown from it it has become a huge uh, 
competitive advantage for the Raptors. And I don't think that happens without messing up this pick. That's a very compelling case. I have a hard time arguing against it. Also, I think kind of like gave us a bit of a glimpse into the franchise's just sort of general philosophy when it comes to the types of players they wanted to accrue. Like you could argue Bruno Caboclo is the progenitor of Vision Six Foot Nine if you really, really wanted to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the man uh, brought a championship to Mississauga, and I'm a Mississauga. This man. is true. This is true. Um, damn, this is, I, I thought it was a stunning pick. I thought it was just you doing it for show for the podcast, which as the podcast host is looking to put together an entertaining show. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. I also thought this is dumb. There's no way he's going to explain this pick away, <laughs> but he has done it very successfully. And, uh, damn. And now I'm kind of wishing I took Bruno. We're going to continue on with the final two <laughs> picks of the Raptors draft pick draft coming up in just one second but first i should tell you about the ultimate mock draft it is probably the best thing we do every year locked on it is a full every team mock draft in the first round the raptors are not involved so i'm not on it but all of our other local experts are along with brian scalabrini ryan mcdonough former gm of the phoenix suns you've got our wonderful nba draft big board crew including Raphael barlow who was on the podcast very recently kanani stevens does a great job hosting and anchoring the whole thing it's fantastic it's so well produced you have to go and check out the ultimate mock draft it's available on its own feed you can also find the very first episode was dropped into the feed for free as a bonus episode over the weekend. So go check it out. If you like what you see or hear in the Raptors feed, go and subscribe to the full Ultimate Mock Draft from Locked On. It is so, so, so good. It'll be running up until the draft on Thursday. So go check it out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we continue on here to round out the draft pick draft in Toronto Raptors history on the board so far. I went first. I took Pascal Siakam, Big V with the second pick, took DeMar DeRozan. I took Chris Bosh with my second pick. You took Anton Jameson with your second. I took Scotty Barnes third. You took Bruno Caboclo. I need, I feel a need to go with like an art pick here because you have gone very intriguing and sort of off the board and sort of with technicalities baked in. I've just gone straight. That guy's good at basketball. Let's take him. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's see if I can and mix this up a little bit and get exciting. Um, <laughs> I'll go one. 2005. That's the year. The Raptors have two picks in that first round. The second of which, not good at all. Of course, Joey Graham turns out to be a very bad player. He's going to turn it around, though. It's coming around next season, I think. It's, he's going to put it all together. Joey Graham, it's coming. Um, I, however, am going to take the guy the Raptors took before him, who only played one season in Toronto, but was number two in Rookie of the Year voting, ended up going on to play 656 career NBA games, one of the better players from this draft somehow, and uh, of course got traded for one TJ Ford, who was one of the better point guards that the Raptors have had over the last 20-something years. Of course, his impact has been lessened a little bit with Kyle Lowry kind of coming in and being the point guard to end all point guards in Raptors history, but... 
TJ Ford was kind of all you had for a while there at the spot, unless you were a big Jose Calderon acolyte in those early days as they went back and forth as to who was a starter. I am taking the seventh pick in 2005, Charlie Villanueva, with my fourth pick. Um, went on to a good career, man. It was, it was around a long time, played 11 seasons and uh, 656 career NBA games, as I mentioned. Not a bad little turn for Charlie V. Thoughts on this pick? Of course, there were other guys available the Raptors probably could have taken at this time, but it's not like there was a huge egregious miss, I would argue, in the picks just after Charlie V here. Channing Fry, Ike Diogu, Andrew Bynum, I suppose, is maybe one. Fran Vasquez, Yaroslav Korolev, Sean May. Not exactly a murderer's row of dudes that they missed out on here. What are your thoughts here on the 2005 7th overall pick, Charlie V? Yeah, he was a fun player. Uh, yeah, that that season with the Raps, it, he had that forty point game where he forty eight point game. Thank you very much. 48, 48 <laughs> point game. Um, knocked down a bunch of threes, and he was one of those heat check guys. Uh, you know, once he got it going with that stroke, um, he was pretty unguardable at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, problem with him was he was one of those dudes that. If he dropped 30, it was likely his opponent got 40. And so yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that was one of the problems <laughs> with him. Um, and then you also get to tie in the fact that he got traded for TJ Ford, right? Yeah. And, and then he TJ Ford comes in and has a really nice raps career um, and pairs up with Chris Bosch. And he's got that, you know, point guard uh, timeshare with uh, Jose Calderon. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a lot that can be tied to Charlie V. Um Later, he did have one hilarious revenge game against the Raps. I don't know if you remember that one. I don't know if I um, do. That might be repressed. <laughs> it was either a year or two after the after the deal, and he, right. he he went off. It was one of those games where I think I think he had like he might have had like five or six threes at halftime. It was something like that. Was he on the Bucks when this happened? This is starting to maybe kind of ring a bell. Yeah, it's possible. Um, mm -hmm. I just have a vague memory of it. <laughs> um, I think mainly because I, you know, it was like the, like fantasy basketball playoffs and right. I, I was just, I was taking a gamble, um, on him just having one of those revenge games and he came through mm -hmm. and I, I think it's forever etched in my memory of helping me win a fantasy basketball championship so <laughs> <laughs> he did have a game of 26 points and 13 boards against the raptors in 2008-09 in addition to a game of 25 points six boards and four assists also in 2009 uh, i'm not going to go through the game logs of all of his seasons but yeah he has some pretty damn good numbers against the raptors he had a season in 0809 with milwaukee he averaged 16 a game seven points seven boards like two assists not a bad career for old Charlie V. We uh we love to see it. So he's my fourth pick. Where are you going now with your fourth pick, Big V? I am going with the 23rd overall pick in 2017. Not bad. OG Ananobi. I think yeah. uh to get a player of his caliber at that draft slot, obviously he had the injury concerns coming into that draft, and that's why he slipped. Uh, but again, another case where the Raptors believed in their guy and they said, hey, we think he's a very good player and we're just going to go with him regardless of what, you know, uh, other teams are concerned about. Mm -hmm. And he's panned out to be a very good player for the Raptors, obviously bumped Norman Powell from the rotation, from the starting uh, lineup, at least uh, almost immediately mm -hmm. um, had that incredible game guarding 
James Harden. Uh, we all think back to that fondly. Um, he's had a ton of fun moments in the media. And so um, I'm going to go with him because uh, I know the best is yet to come. But mm -hmm. I think so far he's been pretty damn good. That is uh, a really good call. OG rocks 23rd overall. If you redraft that 2017 draft, he's probably like, I was looking at this last week, seventh or eighth, probably like that is uh, not a draft that's aging terribly well. Of course, that's the Markel Fultz draft, if I'm not mistaken as well. So some weird ones in there for sure. TJ Leaf goes ahead of OG, whole bunch of weird dudes go ahead of OG that year. Very glad he fell all the way down to number 20. Three. All right. I will go with my fifth pick, and this is where it gets really hard. I'm having a hard time, V. Help me out a little bit. I'm not going to take... There's three guys here. The th first three high draft picks the Raptors ever had. You could argue that all of them went on to pretty damn good careers, but none of them really had their apex with the Raptors. I guess you could argue the first one did, but he was out within two and a half years because they completely soured on the relationship very, very quickly. Um... The three guys I'm kicking around here are Damon Stoudemire, Marcus Camby, and Tracy McGrady. And I might not pick any of them because, again, they never really hit their apex with the Raptors. McGrady is really screaming at me, though, because he was not really a kind of consensus pick. Everyone knew, okay, this crazy 18-year-old is, like, super talented, but this was still in the early days of the prep-to-pro era. Um, and, you know, was this the same draft as Kevin Garnett? I, I seem to recall uh was that true no this is the year after this was the tim duncan draft so the kevin garnett draft was the year before or two years before the damon stoudemire draft either way you know this was still very early on in the you know prep to pro there's a lot in the great jonathan abrams book boys among men uh actually about tracy mcgrady's draft pick and you know how it all worked and how the raptors were pretty sort of uh brazen to go ahead and do that and a guy that a lot of, a lot of people saw as that high of a pick but he left after three years, didn't become really great until after. They kind of soured on him. There was the Butch Carter relationship that seemed to not be so great. So I don't know if I can go Tracy McGrady. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to go off the board again. I'm going to go the number five pick in the 1999 NBA draft, a draft where the Raptors did not draft anyone good despite having two top, top 12 picks, but they did trade the fifth pick. For Antonio Davis, who was one of the better bigs in Raptors history. It's Jonathan Bender, baby. Let's go. Jonathan Bender wow. is my number five pick because he was traded on the day of the draft for Antonio Davis. Never played a game for the team, but ultimately, Jonathan Bender did not go on to a very good NBA career. And uh, they got something out of that draft where their other pick was the number 12 pick, Alexander Radojevic, who played 15 NBA games. Uh, had a lot of injury troubles and whatnot. And so they got something in the form of Antonio Davis in exchange for Jonathan Bender, who only went on to play 262 career games, only averaged five and a half points. So didn't draft a good player there, but certainly traded him for someone who did a lot of good and is still, I think, a sort of fan fave in the, the Raptors lore to this day. Am I crazy for this pick, man? I I, I don't know. I might have panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he definitely wasn't on my board, um, mm -hmm. but... You know, I think you've made uh, an interesting case for him. Okay. Uh, wouldn't have been my choice, but I We'll I settle for interesting. Is it yeah. a good? Interesting is good in case. Least. It's in the middle. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where that uh, lands you in the end. I thought there were, uh, I mean, I thought you were making a pretty compelling case for Tracy McGrady. Um, yeah. And, then, you know, when you talk about that excitement that Vince brought to the table, it was also, you know, that opportunity he had with T-Mac and some of those 
memorable plays that they had together. Obviously, the mm-hmm. dunk contest, them going back and forth. Um, so I thought that's where you were going. But um. <laughs> it's also should be said that T Mac didn't really hit and hit into like sort of close to T Mac year until his final season with Toronto. He only had one real sort of like, oh, okay, Absolutely. Tracy McGrady season. Then he was gone. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, it, this is more on the Raptors front office for not keeping him around as opposed to drafting him like that. That was a smart. Well, no, that's but, I, I think yeah. that one's just as much on Tracy. I think that's fair. I think he had personal ambitions that were higher than team ambitions at the time. Sure. Which when you're that young is, you know, very possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he looks back and thinks, man, <laughs> especially when you see, you know, two guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum go to the finals. Hey, what would Vincent and Tracy have done? Well, we're going to see that with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, yeah. of course. Uh, but uh, who do you have with your fifth pick following up the banger that is Jonathan Bender, a name that I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast has not thought about in uh, <laughs> nary two decades? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. But I am going to go with the fifth pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Jonas Valanciunas. Not bad. Not bad. A very good player. Um, I think made a strong impression right from the beginning. Had a lot of fun seasons with the Raptors. Um, Playoff JV was a real thing. JV Hive was... You get JV Hive out of that craziness. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, was part of the We the North era and the fun that came with that and the struggles that came with it as well. But then he also ends up getting traded. Uh, you know, he's the centerpiece of the deal for Marcus All, and mm-hmm. so uh, that ha- has a happy ending to it as well. So I am quite happily taking Jonas Valanciunas as my final pick. That's a very good selection. I can't argue with it whatsoever. He was also on my list for my final pick before Jonathan Bender snuck his way in there somehow. Um, I hope Jonathan Bender's listening to this. We love you, JB. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Valanciunas, I mean, really hard case to make against, honestly. Seventh in Raptors history in terms of draft picks and value over replacement player at 14.3, just under Damon Stoudemire, who does not get picked here, and just ahead of Pascal Siakam, who uh, threw his season so far is at 11.1. Surely he's going to blow past that at some point soon here. Uh, Morris Peterson, also in that top 10, along with DeLon Wright, uh, in terms of overall value over replacement player by Raptors picks. Neither selected here. Mo Pete was on my list. I was going to take him, but I've always kind of been like a sort of curmudgeon about Mo Pete. Um, you know, it's sort of my brand. It's like, yeah, he was fine, but also he just was the guy who was on the team a long time instead of actually being particularly good. Um, so he was that, the circus kind of, shot guy. He was the circus shot guy. There's nothing wrong circus with Mo shot Pete. King. Look, I think, you know, in my ranking every Raptor annual series, I usually kind of take a dump on Mo Pete, and he's ranked a lot lower than a lot of people think he should be. Again, I think he was more compiler than actually effective good basketball player most of the time in Toronto. Um, but still, number 10 in terms of overall value over replacement player. Do you want to guess who's number 11 in terms of all-time Raptors draft picks value over replacement player, Big V? It's a fun one. Well, you said fun, so I'm going to say Terrence Ross. No, he's uh, down in, uh, I can't count, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14. He's 15th, so not quite. Uh, still playing today, I should say. Oh, wow. That yeah. is interesting. Um, Ed Davis? No, Ed Davis is 
13th. Uh, 11th is PJ Tucker. Second round pick in 2006. Far more effective than Andrea Bargnani ever was from that draft. Uh, Wow. Unbelievable stuff. Also in 12th in value over replacement player among Raptors draft picks was Jakob Pertl, who was almost a pick for me as well, who in that draft, not a very good draft in 2016. The Raptors basically got, uh, I don't know, two of the seven or eight best players from that draft. Pretty unbelievable considering the spots at which they picked. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, Pirtle seventh and all time value replacement player in that draft. Siakam is third. The only guy between Pirtle and Siakam who you maybe wish they'd taken is Demonis Sabonis, but I don't think he was ever branded as the type of player he became. So um, yeah, good good job by the Raptors in 2016. As it turns out, of course, they get Fred Van Vliet that year too. Um, pretty pretty all right, I might say. With that, we're going to round this out. Did you have any uh, honorable mentions you just wanted to throw out there, guys who you didn't take, who you thought about taking at some point here? So the three people I had left on my draft board were Damon Stoudemire, Jakob Pertl, and Terrence Ross. Okay, yeah. I <laughs> so. almost took Terry. Don't worry, I almost took Terry. But, uh, you know, that that 12, I mean, that also not a great draft. The draft, man. It turns out a lot of not very good players get taken in the draft. Uh. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think with, with Terrence... It would be more about tying it, him in with Serge Ibaka. Sure, I mean that's a good point. Obviously, he had the insane fifty piece. Um, yeah, that was just a ridiculous night. But mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, you know we can't forget about getting that uh, steal in Game Seven and throwing it off Paul Pierce and giving the Raptors that last chance. Um, oh hell yeah! That's the stuff, <laughs> baby. That's what I go to sleep to most nights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well with that yeah yeah. sorry i I think those were the three left on the draft board but i'm i'm quite happy with my picks um obviously you got the top pick um you you know maybe you win the first couple rounds Mm -hmm. but uh, i think i finished strong yeah to review my team is pascal siakam 27th overall in 2016 chris bosh fourth in 2004 scotty barnes fourth in 2021 charlie v seventh in 2005 and jonathan bender drafted fifth traded immediately for antonio davis back in 1999 big v has damar ninth overall in 2009 anton jameson fourth overall trader for vince carter in 1998 you got bruno caboclo 20th overall setting the stage for the developmental pipeline that the toronto raptors have become back in 2014 og 23rd in 2017 and Jonas valanciunas fifth in 2011 the guy who made me scream how could they not take brandon knight when they took him uh <laughs> the draft man there's a reason if you want to listen or watch this podcast there's a reason i don't dabble too much in pre-draft analysis is because I don't know what I'm talking about, as do most people not know what they're talking about, except for the wonderful draft experts we have on who spend their entire year scouting these guys. They have an idea. We're going to have one of those later this week. Sam Ferris from Lockton NBA Big Board will be on on Wednesday. We're going to dig into uh, all manner of draft-related things, the 33rd overall pick in particular with Sam. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, we have the draft on Thursday. We're going to cover this week as well. That's always a good time, and uh, I'm sure there'll be other news and notes and rumors and things to pop up in the meantime. Before we get out of here, though, Big V, anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Usual stuff, raptors.com, CBC Sports, and Complex Canada. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. 
Outstanding. Also, catch him at a local ping pong bar near you, hustling fools. Uh, <laughs> you can also <laughs> find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated when you do it either on the podcast apps or on YouTube. Why not both? Huh? Why don't you just help juice the stats that way? That's appreciated too. Uh, you can also uh, make your second listen of the day locked on NBA. Uh, Big Board, which is our, of course, our NBA draft podcast every day. Plus, there's the Ultimate Mock Draft you can go and check out as well. So plenty of draft stuff to whet your appetite as the draft draws near. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Until then, have a great one, everybody. And uh, bye-bye. Joey Graham's going to figure it out next year. It's going to happen. I promise. Bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.